This CTN Brandcast is brought to you by Sovos. This is CTN Brandcast on CIO Talk Network. This is a sponsored program and CTN does not endorse the mentioned products or services. All views and opinions are those of the sponsor, its staff, and management. Welcome listeners. This is Sanjog All, your host, and the topic for conversation is Can Sovos enable IT to streamline sales tax controls and future-proof your tax compliance? There are over 14,000 state and local tax jurisdictions in the United States and their sales tax rules and regulations keep changing. It makes sales tax compliance management very complicated. Imagine the burden on IT teams who are already juggling multiple priorities and then required to support ongoing manual changes to the third-party on-premise business applications to stay compliant with the sales tax rules and regulations. Sovos claims its technology solution removes this burden on IT and enables the tax and finance department's complete autonomy to handle indirect tax processes, timely and valid sales and use tax self-assessments, accurate reporting, and exemption certification across jurisdictions. Is this claim too good to be true? Can the Sovos solution truly deliver on the sales tax agility promise? To discuss this, I have with me Terry Melnick and John Landy. Terry is the general manager of sales and use tax line of business, and John is the chief technology officer at Sovos, a purpose-built technology solutions provider for modern sales and use tax. Hello, John and Terry. Thank you for joining us. Thanks for having me. Yes, Anjo. Thanks a lot for having me. So, Terry... What tax complexity and related financial risk exposure do enterprises face due to rapidly shifting tax rules and regulations? Well, you know, there's a lot of different kinds of tax out there. So let's try to frame this. We have income tax, we have business tax, what we're talking about here today, sales and use tax. And what that is, is when you buy something or you receive a service, whether it's something local in your state or in your town or something you buy from across the country, um, something you buy on Amazon, I don't know, online, any e-commerce, that's sales and use tax. And so that's exactly what we're talking about here today. And I think the big event that came around was in June 2018. That's when the state of South Dakota sued Wayfair, you know, the furniture company, because they were shipping major pieces of furniture to different states and not collecting sales tax. And I think we all remember a few years ago, We'd buy things online and there wasn't any sales tax. And that's because these e-commerce companies had a presence in a different state than where we were in. They had no warehouses, no employees, and they weren't obligated. And with that, South Dakota versus Wayfair, that all changed. And it made things really complicated for a lot of manufacturers, a lot of retailers, really a lot of companies across the board. And what it meant was that they all of a sudden had this thing called Nexus presence in a different state or jurisdiction. And the requirement was if you do 200 transactions or sell over $100,000, that's it, you're in. And they started having to track taxes. But what's happened is as jurisdictions are trying to balance budgets, as they're investing in more programs, especially around the pandemic, these jurisdictions, these states, these towns are looking for ways to make sure they're getting the accurate amount of tax they need to be collecting. And so they've turned to different programs to do that. And companies at large have realized this is more complicated than they ever imagined it could be. And so they're leaning on tax compliance companies to help fill that void. 
And that's exactly what this industry does, tax compliance. It's regulatory team, it's compliance team, it's services teams who monitor these changes, monitor changes to forms, and make sure the companies do remain in compliance. Let's think about the complexity for a second. In New Jersey, if you buy a chocolate bar and it doesn't have flour in it, it's considered candy, taxable. But if you buy a chocolate bar that has like a biscuit that does have flour in it, well, that's considered food, non-taxable. In Pennsylvania, at the beginning of the pandemic, if you bought a disposable mask, non-taxable, but if you walked into a store and bought a cloth mask that was reusable, that was considered clothing, taxable. In Cambridge, you bring bags into the supermarkets. So they said, we're not going to charge you that five cent fee to use our bags. Bags are now free. And formal wear. Well, I don't think anyone's wearing a tuxedo now, but formal wear in Pennsylvania is considered taxable. A t-shirt, not so much. And so these laws continue to change. Some of these laws are incredibly obscure. How can a company stay on top of that? And that's what tax compliance is really all about. But I think your question was around sort of financial risk. And when we talk about who our audience is here today, we're talking about IT. And for the IT folks listening to this podcast, you really want to take this off the table. This is complex. It continues to change. And the problem is it's invisible, but it needs to be ever performing. You need these systems to be up and running all the time. You can't risk having them go down. Your users and customers can't smell it. They can't taste it. They can't see it. But your job is to make sure they are ever performant, they're available, they're accurate, um, because when they're not, you end up with abandoned shopping carts, right? You can't complete the transaction. You end up with incorrect invoices. You end up with notices from any one of the 11,000 taxing jurisdictions around the country. You end up with audits. You end up with penalties. And that's not something you want. John? Thanks, Terry. The difficulty with managing tax from an IT perspective is really that tax is part of a larger ecosystem. That ecosystem is comprised of ERPs, our e-commerce system that's running all of our retail transactions, as well as point-of-sale systems and stores for folks with a brick-and-mortar presence. The tax component is involved in calculating that tax, and we need to ensure that the shopping cart experience, as you mentioned, is followed through all the way to completion or else the the actual company can lose money on that transaction by having it never happen. The tax is essentially the smaller component in a larger bank. (laughs) I'll just restate that. Tax is essentially the key cog in the ERP system, uh, e-commerce and point of sale. And it's really important to ensure that the performance of the tax system is almost 100% reliability so that there's no issue with any of the transactions that are flowing through these systems. It's also important to ensure that the tax rules and regulations are kept up to date. As you mentioned in the examples you spoke of, the tax rules are constantly changing, they're dynamic, and they need to be constantly kept up to date, which presents challenges for IT teams on how they can actually manage this software. 
There's a lot going on in the IT world with respect to cloud migration and evolving technology trends. But I think from a tax perspective, the number one priority is compliant rules and regulations with the tax jurisdictions that you're dealing with, and also making sure that we have almost 100% uptime and trusting a vendor who can plug into this larger ecosystem of the ERP, the e-commerce solution, and the point-of-sale system. Is it possible to reach a state of nirvana where such tax complexities are managed proactively and effectively while keeping risk in check? <laughs> nirvana, that's a good one. You know, like John just said, tax laws are constantly changing, and I'm going to go with a sports analogy here. A football team wins a Super Bowl. Will they win it again next year? Maybe, but it's not because everything stays the same, right? We have new players, we have new coaches, we have techniques, we have new training regimens. And guess what? That's true not only for the team who won the Super Bowl, but all their opponents. And the same is true for sales tax and use tax tax laws. The best we can hope for is to stay compliant, just stay at that edge. But I don't know if we can ever hit nirvana. Like that football analogy, changes are constant. And so keeping up to date is so multidimensional And it's so complicated that really companies need a partner that can focus on this exclusively. You know, you update your business rules. You try to stay current with not only the tax laws, but those tax forms can change at any point in time. And there are literally thousands of them. And to stay updated on all these new programs and to be able to take advantage of them. You'd imagine, though, that the only kinds of companies out there that have this kind of bandwidth are the largest corporations. But I would say you're wrong because I am confident that the majority, even the Fortune 500, would rely on partners, tax compliance partners, to keep them in compliance. So really everyone from the woman who sells dog food on Amazon and the guy who hand sews tents in Colorado, all the way to the biggest Fortune 500, every one of them have to deal with this tax complexity. Every one of them could find a partner in tax compliance. John. Yeah, so Nirvana for me, basic from an IT perspective, is 100% availability and 100% compliance. Anything that can help the IT team really require as little amount of work as possible, but ensure that the business needs are met is a great solution. It is also wonderful to work with IT teams that are innovating. So as we look at something that is heavily drives the business, but also can help us explore data to a new level, really through innovation, would be a great solution. Meet your availability, can deliver compliance and requirements, and also innovation so that we can take advantage of the solution that's in place and the amount of data flowing through it. So John, what has prevented finance and IT departments from reaching such nirvana with the technology solutions available currently? Where are the technology solutions falling short? So the best solutions are delivered when we get the teams working together to define the requirements so that we meet both the IT requirements, which are usually around availability and manageability of the solution, as well as the finance requirements to meet all of the tax needs. 
Where we've seen companies fall down is when we have one group driving the full solution. Typically, that's driven from outside of the tax department in some cases. It's actually driven from a larger organizational decision on an ERP upgrade without taking tax into consideration, which can lead to a solution that actually doesn't solve the need from either the tax department or IT. The other is partnering with a particular vendor, in this case, which is tied into these larger ecosystems, which hasn't been built to scale. You really need to ensure that for those IT requirements to be met, we need a solution that can scale, deliver on that availability and uptime needs that we have, but also provide a framework for providing solutions that can give us greater insights into the business and greater visibility into what's going on. So we look at the greater organization. Uh, We have the ability to find out the types of transactions, where they're driving, and how we can use those transactions in other ways. I'll let Terry chime in with his background. Yeah, thanks, John. I think you're spot on there. You know, uh, exactly that. My background has been in technology, and I think it's really interesting because I've had the chance, and I'll use this word carefully, but I've had the chance to work with pretty sexy technology, cloud, growth systems, ERP. And my take is that tax software doesn't sizzle. It sounds like it's not interesting, but it really is. And as a technology leader, I agree with what John just said. You'd be negligent if you haven't implemented a strategy for tax compliance. It's like what we've been talking about, right? It's uh, critical to manage it properly, and it's critical to manage it in a timely manner. But one problem that IT organizations have is that they look at tax compliance as an overhead, and it really isn't. Let me go back to another sports analogy here. Tax compliance is the goalie of your business. And when you're thinking of a hockey team, the goalie is the guy who sits in the net the whole game. He sits in the background, just like tax compliance, and he's humming along. And he's protecting you from notices and he's protecting you from audits. And he's keeping up with the latest technology, the tax rules, the calculations. And he helps the team continue to protect the back of the net. And the same with tax compliance. Um, We're helping your tax teams file accurately in a timely manner. And then all of a sudden, the other team scores a goal. And even though the goalie has been working perfectly for the last 49 minutes of the game, He's a pariah to the entire stadium. And that equates to like a tax notice. A tax notice is a letter of noncompliance from a jurisdiction. It leads to audits and penalties and interest. It's the stuff that the IT team does not want to have to be responsible for. They never want to get a message from the director of tax or the CFO saying that the tax compliance solution fell down because they didn't battle harden it. They didn't work on it to make it work in the way they needed to based on their volume, based on their business. And so really the message here is you need the best goal you can get for your team. And so you need to make sure that your entire tax strategy is dependent on a partner you can trust. And I think what John was just saying a moment ago was again, spot on. You need to have a partner who understands how to integrate, understands how the back end has to support the entire tax technology And I think that's a really critical point. John, I know you have some other ideas here, if you don't mind, that are sharing. I think just to build on to that analogy of the goalie, basically, if the goalie can't scale to cover enough of the goal, you have a problem with your solution. The key thing is being able to make sure you have someone protecting the net, but be able to do it, you know, under scale with high volumes 
and continue to ensure that your company is protected. From an IT team, getting the right vendor and partner is key because there are so many other competing IT priorities inside the business. Um, that being able to work with a trusted partner on a solution like this gives us the comfort and, re- and reliability that we would have if we we're putting a top-notch goalie out there in net and something that we don't have to worry about. We can worry about the offensive side of the play, which is really what we want to do as a business. Let's take a quick break, listeners. Please stay tuned. We'll be right back. Is your IT team burdened by a manual sales and use tax process? Silvo Sales and Use Tax Solutions lets your tax teams charge correct tax on every transaction. Maintain valid and easily accessible exemption certificates. Confirm if suppliers have charged you the correct tax and simplify the reporting process. To learn more, visit Servos.com. This is CTN Brandcast on CIO Talk Network. Welcome back, listeners. So, Terry, which secret sauce does Sovos use in its solution that makes it a panacea? What results prove your claim and are there any disclaimers? You know, I love that question, but I'd have to say there is no panacea because the landscape is constantly morphing. We talked about that. And you need a partner who's committed to that continual monitoring, updating everything as new tax rules change and evolve and new laws are being created. You need a partner who can look at trends not only locally, but around the world. What are they doing in Latin America? What are they doing in Western Europe and Eastern Europe? What are they doing in Asia PAC? Because the way that they're tracking tax, the way that they are introducing laws, the way that they are having new mandates is going to be adopted across the world. In Canada right now, every restaurant, I can't remember the province, but every restaurant is required to use a point of sale system that the government has approved because every single transaction needs to be serialized. Go to your local pizza joint, order a pizza. He's going to give you a receipt with a barcode at the bottom because the government wants to know every single meal that happens and the tax that's being collected. What happens when that comes into the U.S., when a state adopts that? Are you going to have, and maybe not a pizzeria, but is your point of sale, is your bricks and mortar, is your e-commerce, is your sales order system going to have the ability to take the government's serial number and put it onto the sales order? Is that coming? I don't know. But we're working with different companies around the world today to to support that kind of requirement and support it in our system so that if, when it ever gets adopted in the U.S., we've already seen it. We've been supporting it for months or years. As you look at trends around the world, you really also need deep relationships with regulatory and government. You almost want to be called on to get advice when they help design legislation. And when you're in this space for as long as we've been, um, we have those deep, deep relationships. Look, no one can stay ahead of the future because it hasn't happened yet. But companies need to find a partner they can trust to take the entire tax burden off the table. You need a partner who can scale as they grow, like John was saying. And you need to offer a partnership, a, a marriage. You know, I guess I can't think of a better word here for the long term. And you need a partner who continues to invest in the content and the technology. I think that's probably the best way to say it. John, what do you think? 
Yeah, from my perspective, the secret sauce in Sovos is our heavy investment in research and development, ongoing stream of development, which allows us to continue to innovate. That's the first thing. Secondarily, we invest heavily in all of the content, tax, regulation, rules, and research um, that allows the comfort to meet the business need wherever that regulation may be going into effect. And we stay ahead of it. So our customers get that feeling of someone out there partnering with them to ensure that they're ahead of any change that may be coming. And thirdly, it's really driving the strategy of our innovation to meet the tax need wherever it may reside. As we mentioned, tax is part of a greater ecosystem, but our strategy is to integrate deeply in certain areas. It's also to meet the workload on the edge, um, as we say, so that you can have additional reliability, avoiding any internet latency or your you know, software as a service-based delivery model. So we're flexible and adaptable on how we meet the tax uh, determination workload um, and therefore available on the filing side as well. So that, that really gives us an advantage when we think about that as our secret sauce. Yeah, you know, just to add one more point here, John, you're exactly right about the technology, but we also should look at this from a business model standpoint industries change and technologies change. And even though we've been around for over 25 years, we continue to encounter customers with unique business processes. For example, you order a custom kitchen or you order a car, um, you know, order a Tesla online. What happens when you do that? How is that business model supported? What happens if you make the custom order and cancel it? Is the deposit taxable? Is it refundable? Is the tax refundable? And so all this complexity is incredible. I'm talking about one tiny part of business. Well, that's happening everywhere in every industry and in every type of business and every business model. And so our advantage is that we need to work with our teams and we need to work with our partners and most important, help design and develop those solutions that wrap around customers growing and evolving businesses. For example, we're working with one of the big ERP vendors right now to support a unique process that's being used by both fintech and membership organizations. Who knew those two would ever intersect? Well, the answer is we do. So Terry, how well does your solution integrate with the ERPs and other technology investments a company may have already made? Great question. And actually, this is a critical question, right? Because tax compliance needs to just how it's designed. It needs to integrate with the solution. That solution could be an ERP system in any industry, manufacturing, distribution, retail, services. And the kinds of systems that each of these types of companies use are very, very different. They could be one of the big vendors like SAP. They could be a specific point solution designed for that specific industry. So the connectors are really important. But when you think about what John has been talking about, when we talk about volumes and being able to support the demands of these systems, the demands of what your customers need, it's critically important that the tax compliance system can support that with the dependency you need as well. Because again, tax compliance is mission critical. You can't complete that transaction on an e-commerce system until the tax is calculated. The nanosecond that you hit, go to my shopping cart. You can imagine that the tax compliance system lets you down, you can't complete the transaction, and you can lose a sale. 
And so what I would say to a lot of companies out there, and this might be counterintuitive, but I would say beware of pre-built connectors when it comes to performance, especially when you're talking about high volumes. The problem often enough is that the pre-built connectors are plagued with issues that don't always work, or I should say they're plagued with issues and they don't always work. And unlike many connectors that work at low volume, um, for example, an integration that gives you a data fee that happens once a day or spools it up at the end of the transaction, well, that's all great at low volume. But tax transactions operate at very high volumes, very high pressure. And most universal middleware connectors can't work in those kinds of environments. I'm talking about the product called determination. Determination is the calculator that figures out tax rates based on where the item's being shipped to, what the item is, what category it belongs to, where the person is based, all that is being considered. And so if you think it's just a matter of plugging it in, it's not. Think about it this way. When you need to take your iPhone charger somewhere because you're going on a trip, you just pull it out of the wall, you don't think twice about it, you spool it up and you throw it in your bag. And that's easy. But would you be as comfortable unplugging your dryer with its 240 volt plug? Well, not so much. In fact, if you ever had to move that for some reason, you'd be very cautious to pull the plug out because really the chance of an accident is tiny, but the damage it could cause is catastrophic. Um, The jolt you'd get from 240 would be pretty big. So you're probably better off to call the repairman. Well, the same thing here. When it comes to purposeful mission critical integration, one that will stop your sales orders cold, it'll stop your shopping carts from being completed, it'll stop your shipments from going out, you can't play games and you need a system that is battle-hardened with connectors designed for that kind of purpose and the universally used connectors don't always work. Yeah, just to jump in here, Terry, for one second, the one big investment we're seeing our customers make is really moving from some sort of on-premise solution, hosted solution to a cloud strategy. And that's across ERP, e-commerce, point-of-sale solutions. And I think one really differentiated view on our integration strategy is that we take that calculator that you mentioned and we actually bundle it in as close to the computing target as necessary. So we would call that edge computing in another cloud, on a client's premise, in a client's store, as they might have a point of sale system. And that sort of distributed computing model is really differentiated so that you can eliminate any latency across the internet, but still have the internet to back all of your transactions and central management functions. So we feel that's a real differentiated view on how we're working with the clients as they migrate to the cloud and feel like our solution top of class there. How are Solos investing to stay ahead of the curve and to keep its sales and use tech software for its customers agile and future ready? Sanjog, that I think question is probably the easiest one so far. And I think the answer is simply, you just have to listen. Our customers are really outspoken and they have a vision of how they want to run and grow their business. And we're lucky that we have great relations with them and they collaborate with us on it. It's called Voice of Customer, VOC, and it's really embedded in everything we do. And if we can just sit there and listen, that's what's going to keep us ahead of that curve. Because customers are customers, right? Companies are testing new business models. They're testing new methods. They're testing new technologies. They're testing new go-to-market strategies. And so we partner with them to make it happen. 
we want to keep on the pulse of what's next. And ever-changing business environment, the pandemic, new technologies, new channels. Again, we just have to listen. Our customers are experimenters. They're creators. They're visionaries. And we're really fortunate just to be able to partner with them and take that tax complexity right off the table. And what that does is lets them focus on their core business. It also lets us invest in our own skunk work projects, what are what we call our customer experience or our CX team. And these are really smart people, creative people who take that direct feedback and they are able to imagine, they're able to create the next generation of tax compliance. It's actually really interesting working with them when they show us those different models, different ideas that they're coming out with. And then it's just a matter of our R&D teams taking that over and making it a reality. But I probably should stop here because the R&D team are John's area. John? Thanks, Terry. Yeah, one key thing of having a user-centric design process and a customer experience team, like you mentioned, really focused on customer needs is defining the right personas. And, you know, of course, we have tax personas involved in what we're doing around our solutions, but we also have the IT persona. And with that, we really focus on core set of functional area, non-functional areas within the system, um, such as manageability, you know, availability, scalability, and also, as we spoke about earlier, meeting the client's determination needs wherever that might be, either in some cloud, a public cloud, or on-premise. And the fact that we're able to work with IT teams to fulfill their technology vision as they have their own internal IT transformation projects going on really helps us sculpt the product and our full suite of solutions in sales tech so that we're ever evolving and really, as we say, you know, future proofing the IT, future proofing the tax solutions so that we will grow as the customer's workloads grow and also as their technology strategy comes into play. So Terry, What does the future hold for tax compliance and how can IT prepare to support the future state? It's a great question. And maybe if the last question was the easiest, this might be the toughest. How do you predict the future? You know, I talked about that example before with restaurants and serialized receipts in different places in Latin America and Eastern Europe. When you fulfill or when you are about to ship any product, you're putting it on a truck, you need to send the shipping manifest to that jurisdictional legislation, I don't know, the country tax office. They have to review it, they have to approve it, they have to send you a certificate back. And then when that truck arrives at its destination, that shipment has to be opened and confirmed and checked against that manifest that was approved by the government and then responded back to the government to make sure that it has been received as expected. And so If these are the kinds of things that are happening right next door, and we support that right now, we can imagine what the future might hold for us here in the U.S., and we can be ready for it because we have the engines and we have the the designs and our solutions to support that. You know, the big ERP companies are thinking the same way because the world isn't just Boston or Massachusetts or New England or the U.S., The world is everywhere and different countries, different continents are trying to tackle different methods to address the tax burden. And I think all this technology and the rate of innovation is just speeding it up. So the only thing I can say about preparing for future state 
is simply just to stay informed with what might be going on in the rest of the world and rely on your partner to help keep you up to date when it comes to both micro, the content that changes day to day, and macro, big evolutionary changes in tax compliance. We had a new program that was launched a few years back called Streamline Sales Tax, where customers can go and become volunteer sellers, register with these different states, and be able to file their returns electronically through these states working through one of a handful of partners. So imagine that, you know, dozens of states getting together and agreeing on a standard method to collect sales tax. Almost unheard of in our country's history, but here it's happening now at Streamline Sales Tax Program. John, do you have any ideas about how IT organizations can prepare? Yeah, Tara, I'd say the biggest thing is to have the right ecosystem of vendors and partners in place that can support the growth needs of the business. Every business is going through a transformation today, be it an online transformation of an e-commerce system, be it an additional scale, being a change in uh, how customers are buying their products and how they're using mobile access to the different websites uh, that they're using to buy the products. Um, So I'd say, you know, picking this right ecosystem of partners that you're working with and ensure they have a plan to evolve with you and your strategy as you think about either cloud enabling it or migrating workloads to different systems. And as you think about upgrading key components of your infrastructure, you know, make sure that you have a partnership in place that you can work together to come up and architect the right solution so that can meet the needs. The other area is really focusing on visibility. As you look at these sort of all of these different systems and solutions that are used, and as a CIO's role becomes more of a chief integration officer, you know, visibility is the key uh, to ensuring uh, the business needs are met um, and make sure that the solutions have the visibility required to ensure the SLAs are met and to ensure the business keeps running and to ensure we get to that nirvana of 100% uptime and 100% compliance through this whole entire partner ecosystem, not just one solution. Thank you, Terry and John, for sharing your insights about the sales and use tax compliance challenges that the enterprises are facing and how Sovos can enable IT to streamline sales tax controls and deliver on the sales taxation agility promise. Thank you. Thank you. And listeners, I invite you to find related conversations on our website at ciotalknetwork.com. This is CTN Brandcast on CIO Talk Network. This CTN Brandcast is brought to you by Sovos.